Calling all technology coaches. Join Ford Edge this summer for a two-day coaches camp packed with high-quality professional development exclusively for you. Attendees will work with like-minded coaches on creating strategies for teacher relationships, executing coaching cycles, and building a culture of coaching and tech integration within their school or district. There are two opportunities to attend Coaches Camp this summer. Join us either June 25 and 26 in New Orleans prior to ISTE 2022 or in Cincinnati on July 28 and 29. Please visit forward-edge.net slash coachcamp to reserve your spot today. Aloha, I'm Katie Ritter. And I'm Justin Thomas, and this is the Restart Recharge Podcast, a podcast by coaches for coaches. We bring the tips and tricks to help you in your everyday work as an instructional technology coach or whatever they call you in your school district. So hopefully you're going to leave this episode with us today feeling just a little bit less on your own coaching island. We have an exciting episode today because coaching really should be a team sport. Unfortunately, this isn't always the case. For many coaches, they might be the only one in their building or even in the district. So in this episode, listeners will hear a firsthand account of how one coach was able to kick off a coaching program in our district that will be expanding after just one year with the addition of added coaches in that district. So we'll hear her success and fail forward moments that made up her first year as a coach. So let's welcome in Roxy Thompson. Roxy currently serves as an ed tech specialist for Washington Elementary School District in Glendale, Arizona. She has been in this position for the past three years. This year, she took on an additional role as the district's first instructional technology coach with a focus on working one-to-one with teachers to drive impactful technology use. Roxy spent the majority of her time this year supporting teachers in the district's first distance learning program for families who chose a full-time online learning environment for their students. Prior to this, she spent eight years teaching social studies at the elementary and middle school levels. Roxy is passionate about empowering teachers to utilize technology to create powerful learning experiences for students. So welcome in, Roxy. Hi there. It's so funny listening to like your own bio. (laughs) 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 I'm excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. You are a rock star, Roxy, and our team has gotten an opportunity to connect with you um, online in kind of a number of ways at this point. So we are super excited to finally have you on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I was like talking about this before, but it's so funny, like, seeing you guys and like talking to you instead of it just being like coming out of my phone as I get ready for work in the morning. That's funny. Awesome. Well, Roxy, we did give you a little bit of an expansive, should say, uh, kind of background on what you do, but is there anything that you'd like to add about your background in education and in your current role that you have now? Yeah. um, I mean, one thing um, that I like to share, especially when I'm coaching new teachers that are maybe struggling, is um, I had a really rough first year teaching. Um, And I know, you know, it's normally challenging for new teachers. um, But um, about halfway through my first year, I actually uh, was seriously thinking of quitting. Like I was exhausted. I you know, was trying to balance the planning and the grading and, you know, um, getting back to parents and the PD and there was a point when I thought like maybe maybe this was a mistake maybe I just can't do this you know um, maybe I need to to get out of teaching and um, luckily had an amazing mentor teacher um, who worked with the new teachers and so he stayed super late one night we planned a week's worth of emergency sub lessons and they gave me kind of a mental health week um, to kind of 
you know, get my head straight, uh, straight, really think about things. Um, and the supervisor for my student teaching program um, happened to be a principal that year. So she said, you know, come down to my school. I want you to see some social studies teachers because that's what I was teaching at the time. And, you know, let's, I want you to go in different classrooms, see what's going on, and then let's talk after. Um, and so I went for the day and visited classrooms and it was, it was amazing. It was amazing because every single teacher taught a different way. Like it looked so different in every single classroom and I enjoyed every single one of them, but their, their styles of teaching, the way they set up their lessons was different. Like everything was so different. And, you know, when we talked after, she was kind of like, so, you know, what's your biggest takeaway? And I'm like, that there's not like a right way to do this, right? Like there are different ways that you can teach and it's going to look different depending on your students and your personality and what you're bringing. Um, and so um, I went back, I didn't quit. <laughs> uh, I made it through that first year. Um, it was actually when I kind of got into hiking because every Sunday I would hike this mountain where I could physically see that school, like looking really small down below me <laughs> and be like, okay, I can get through this week, like I can make it. Um, and then I moved from that school to a different school, moved from middle school down to fifth grade, which I fell in love with um, and kind of found a home there in my new school. But um, you know, I, I like to share that with um, newer teachers because I think sometimes they think that people that get into these roles, like have these beautiful unicorn rainbow, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like start their teaching career. Um, and it wasn't like that at all. And I think, you know, it was, it was a struggle, but it's definitely helped me. Um, it's helped me empathize with teachers that are struggling, but I think it also kept me going through this first year of coaching when there were like a lot of similarities um, in some of those challenges. So that's that's a little bit of background. So if you're out there and you're having a rough first year or third year or eighth year, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes a change of scenery, a, a change of just mindset, um, you know, can really help reset, um, reset you and get you back on the right path and hopefully staying uh, in teaching in some capacity. I love that. Well, one, thank goodness you stayed mm -hmm. um, because yeah. you are a phenomenal educator. Um, and just what I've seen of your coaching work, I know that that has translated to, you know, to your coaching. Um, but I feel like we almost need to like hit the pause button. that be <laughs> yep. its own little episode that goes out. So it's just a quick like <laughs> couple minute pep talk for people. Um, but Roxy, will you also share your social media handles so people can like hit the pause button, go follow you? Um, or come back after the episode to give you a follow. Yeah, so I'm at Roxy underscore Thompson because some Roxy Thompson out there had already taken the. Uh, Don't the you one hate that? The store. I know that's why mine's so, really weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know when Ben Sondergrath is talking about having a unique name, I'm like, man, that would be really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Media handles. Um, so I'm at Roxy underscore Thompson on Twitter. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the same one. I think there's a, a TikTok account, but like um, <laughs> hilariously, I didn't set it up with some sort of backup with a phone or an email. So I can't get into my own account anymore because I can't remember what the password was. Oh, I hate that so, too. Um, yeah, so I might have to start a new one with a different handle, but Twitter is uh, primarily where I live for the most part. Um, but I also have been doing some, I've been trying to do some Instagramming. Um, and that's a little bit more of a mix of like education slash uh, hiking slash my husky puppy. So mm -hmm. that one has a little bit more of a mix. I love it. We can all use more puppies in our life. So 
That is for sure. Um, Roxy, do you want to explain a little bit more about the culture of coaching that you've begun to create at your school district? Yeah. So I, um, when I became, uh, when I moved from the classroom into my coaching role, it was actually, um, it was a social studies slash ed tech coaching role. And there was another, um, there's another person who was ELA slash ed tech coaching. Um, and halfway through the year, they decided to rearrange that. And she was going to be just ELA slash social studies. And then I would be full-time ed tech. Um, So the idea was for there to be more coaching because traditionally, I think the people that were on that team had just done more, more traditional training, right? Where they, you know, got in front of the um, educators and took them through some PowerPoints. And the person that was the coordinator at the time of EdTech really wanted to bring more coaching in. I started that year, that was the year of COVID. (laughs) So my first year there um, uh, in this new role, like trying to figure out what I was doing, um, having no experience with an ed tech coach, like on the teacher side, like I didn't really know what that should look like. Um, And so I tried some things at the beginning of the year, mostly just like throwing a million things at these poor teachers, like here's Google Maps and here's how you can make timelines and here's, you know, um, all these different tech tools that I had loved using kind of throwing them at them and it wasn't working. Like, I mean, they were very nice and they were like, oh, that's kind of a cool idea. And then went about their ways, right? And like nothing seemed to be translating into implementation. And I didn't, I didn't know why, like I couldn't figure out why I, I didn't know like strategies to help uh, move from, you know, here I'm showing you things to like, now you start doing that in your classroom. Um, and then, uh, COVID happened. Um, ironically, right before that, I was about to be, they were trying to downsize um, for budget reasons. And as the newest person, I was going to be let go. So I found that out like February, uh, right before COVID hit. Oh my goodness. And I actually started, yeah, interviewing um, at other school districts, you know, trying to prepare. And then all of a sudden they were like, hold up, <laughs> maybe we're going to go ahead and keep you. Yeah, we need we're to rethink like, the plan. <laughs> So, um, so that I ended up working out, but um, it was also at that same time that Google came out with their certified coach curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw it on Twitter and was like, well, that sounds, you know, interesting. And so I looked at it and at first sight, I was like, holy cow, like this is a lot. I mean, in comparison to like the trainer program, especially like it was like full on modules and curriculums, um, all these resources. But as I started going through it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is like what I have been looking for is some like concrete research backed ideas of like what actually works when you're trying to get people um, to integrate technology in meaningful ways, when you're trying to go from just showing them tools to them actually using them. Um, And so I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And around that time, you guys started doing, you know, your webinars. And I was like, yes, like, you know, there are people attending as as I'm seeing people's names in there. I'm like trying to find them on Twitter and see like, what are they doing? Like, what things are they sharing? Um, And that um, the EC Open Chat um, came out of that too, which was a group of educators going through the the Google certified coaching program um, and decided to start like these book studies and like, you know, people were meeting together. Um, So I joined that. I mean, I was just looking for anything. Like I I will join anything. I will talk to anyone. Yeah. You were like a coach sponge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
And I think it coincided too with like being in lockdown and like wanting to find ways to connect with people um, any way that you could. So it all kind of just came together in sort of a perfect, uh, perfect way. Um, And so that was what I took back to my school. Um, You know, once I kind of felt like I had a solid understanding of like, the, the, the different, the things I needed at least to get going, right? Like I knew I'd keep coming back to that curriculum because some of the stuff I was like, huh? But it was because I hadn't quite gotten there like in my coaching journey. Um, but I had at least enough to kind of like plant a seed. Um, and we had just gotten a new director. Um, so, you know, I was, I was trying to sell it to her basically, um, you know, why we might need this. And so I sat down and made this little like table where I had like, okay, here, here are the like challenges we're facing as a district. And here's how this coaching program could like meet each one of these challenges. Um, and then I had, you know, some coworkers like poke holes in it and leave comments and, you know, give suggestions and like, where do you think they're gonna like, you know, what parts of this is like, does it sound right? Or is it gonna rub people the wrong way? Um, luckily I have colleagues that are like very honest <laughs> and aren't afraid to give constructive feedback. Um, so yeah, so that's what came out of it. It was this Google Doc of like, here's what I think this could look like. Um, a lot of it was based on the coaching, the Google Certified Coaching Program, but with like some twists that I knew would fit better with like our school district. Yeah. Um, and then some of the like ISTE coaching standards language, you know, um, because it sounded good and they liked that. And it had some like keywords, I think that aligned to things that like they wanted to accomplish in the district. Um, so that was it. It was a doc and I emailed it and crossed my fingers and uh, got back an email that said like, I like this, like, let's keep talking about this. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was the little seed. Uh, that's kind of how the whole thing started. That's awesome. There's so much there that I want to like dig into more <laughs> than you said. That's just like so good. Um, but first thing you, you said kind of at the beginning, I think you pointed out like a really key piece that there was a lot of training going on um, and a lot of like, here's this tech tool, but there wasn't so much coaching and there wasn't as much like transferring it back to the the classroom and like true coaching solves that transfer problem um, of like actually like helping them learn the skills, master the skills, but then actually like by transfer problem, I mean like transfer those skills to the classroom and actually implement the skills um so I think that's awesome and I think that is a challenge that a lot of coaches face where they are they haven't started more of like we call them formal Mm -hmm. coaching cycles is like what we call what the google's google coaching model is Uh, but they haven't started these formal coaching cycles and they are really just doing trainings or kind of like quick flyby help especially if they're more of a tech coach rather than like a content coach um, and so, you know, they, they aren't making as much of an impact into that instruction um, if they're not actually doing the, the coaching work, um, which is that deeper work. So I love that you kind of pointed that out. And I know, um, you know, I know it's a challenge, especially for coaches in like really large districts, you know, they're responsible for so many teachers, like, where do we find the time to do this? But, you know, we preach all of the time, like coaching cycles are worth it, you will see the impact. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love hearing that, like from your perspective, too, how that just kind of like shifted what was happening um, across the board for you. And kudos to you for all of like the research and the work that you put into it um you know it's easy to say like wow what a dream scenario like you 
asked for it and your boss said yes and like you move forward <laughs> but you put in all the hard work to like <laughs> make that yeah. conversation happen so kudos to you for that yeah there was a lot of like moments after someone had like poked holes and I just sat there and went like oh maybe I should just <laughs> go back to the training and the powerpoints and like maybe you know this is gonna work um but yeah so it it definitely wasn't some smooth unicorn right <laughs> um there were a lot of you know a lot of moments when you think like my is this, is this gonna happen like what like what am I doing like am I putting all this work into it is this just gonna like fall apart or is this not gonna work um but like I had a lot of people um in the coaching program that I was going through it with you know at the same time we were doing that book study together so we would meet on google meets and talk about you know some of the challenges we were having um, and some of them were just in my same position, like trying to sell people they needed to sell on this idea. Yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, you had people there that were like, yes, like keep at it, you know, don't give up. And so that was really helpful. Um, yeah. Well, I think really, if we, really important to me. yeah, well, and I think, I don't know that anything I've done in my life that's been worthwhile that I haven't had those moments of like, <laughs> oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? Is this worth yeah. it? Have I lost it? You know, it's not worth it, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're having a smooth unicorn ride, then like you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> so something's going on <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> <laughs> Something's not right. Um, okay. So Roxy off the podcast, you know, you have shared with us, um, and with me personally that your team is now expanding. Um, so you went from like, Hey, I want to do this. You know, you just shared, you almost, mm -hmm. the position got cut. Um, yeah. so you were like facing that to like this position needs, you know, and the work I'm doing needs like, uh, to be rejuvenated. So I'm making a bigger impact to now you are now adding how many coaches to the team? What, right now we're adding just one more. Okay, so still, <laughs> yeah. just one more yeah. is like, don't say, size, yeah, don't yeah. say just. Uh, yeah, because yeah, you're growing one, by 100%. Um, but that is huge to even add like any coaches to the team. So if you could talk about like, how did you go about advocating for not just like what it should look like and for yourself, but like, how did you go about advocating like adding to the team? I mean, there are so many coaches that need more of them in their district. So talk us through like what that looked like to you and anything major that sticks out as like a big contributor to your success. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the biggest contributor is like that I got a chance to put it in action and, and people saw it. Like, so I didn't have to sell it as much as like it, the coaching um, kept our distance learning program like afloat. I mm -hmm. think that was a, a large, uh, like, I think people could see the impact that it had. Um, we actually have, so there's there's technically like three of us. Um, I have a coworker, Mike Hannon, um, and he has, is traditionally more comfortable like in the training role. Like we always talk about like how, you know, we kind of complement each other in that way. Like he feels more comfortable in sort of those more traditional trainings that you do for teachers. And for a lot of teachers, they like that. I mean, there's a lot of our teachers that like, love going to uh, my canon because of the way you can break things down and explain it like step by step by step. Um, so he, he's amazing. Um, we had a, another person on the team um, that left at the beginning of the year. So we were going to try to fill that role, but it was so difficult um, because most of the people applying were teachers in our district and there was no way they were going to let a teacher out of the classroom yeah. um, because we're so short, you know, yeah. so we were like, let's off. Let's talk about 
what we want this team to look like um, towards the end of the year and then we'll repost it. Um, and so my boss, um, her feeling was, you know, this coaching model that we've been using with the distance learning teachers um, has worked so well, like that's what we need to replace this person with, um, which was not really what he was doing. Um, we used to call him the architect. He was really great at like building websites and um, he, he was amazing, but like in classroom coaching the way that like, you know, we were looking at doing that wasn't really what he had, had um, done with that role. So my boss felt like we need another coach. Like we need someone else that's going to do the same thing so we can take this out and spread it out into the district. So um, I think part of what sold uh, people that needed to be sold on expanding the coaching program was that they saw what could happen if you really worked closely one-on-one -on -one with teachers. Like if we had someone in there that established relationships with these teachers that got to know them, that were in their classrooms, seeing what was going on, seeing the context of, you know, the learning and the teaching, and then able to help those teachers look for new ways to use technology or, you know, think about how they could solve problems um, with technology-based solutions. Um, and they, they just saw the results of that. And so uh, my boss and her boss, you know, really felt like this is something we need to take out, spread out in the district and, and try this and see what this will work work and look like in um, brick and mortar um, classrooms. I love that. Well, and I think it, you know, because anyone can go around saying like, we need another me, you know, but it's, you know, you've got to like, proof has to be in the pudding there, right? And like, we've got to like, show the impact. Was there anything that you did that you could think of, even like the smallest nugget could be helpful to another listener out there? Like, were you tracking the data or teacher growth in any way or like what you were doing with teachers? Did you like present that to, um, Ad, like how, how did the people above you know what was happening in these coaching yeah. cycles? What did that look like for you? Um, I, you know, a lot of word of mouth. Um, every time like my supervisor would talk to the teachers, they would tell her like, Roxy's been so helpful is the thing she kept saying to me, which was amazing because, you know, when you're in the thick of things and especially just the crazy year we've had um, and all the things that were going on with trying to keep this uh, distance learning program, program afloat, you know, there's days when you're like, am I doing anything? Like, am I helping anyone? Yeah. <laughs> there's like an endless amount of like emails coming in and, you know, texts coming in from teachers and phone calls and you never feel like you can give anyone enough time or enough support. And so every once in a while she'd be like, hey, like you're helping people. Like, like I just want you to know that you're helping people. Um, so that was great. Um, I think a huge one, uh, and I and I know in a previous, um, you had some previous episodes about this, but the admin support and the admin relationships, mm -hmm. um, that was huge this year. And I hadn't, I don't think it's something I thought about um, in years before, like about proactively trying to establish relationships with the principals at these schools. I kind of thought like, well, my job here is to support teachers. Like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll be nice and I'll be polite, obviously. Like, I, you know, I want them to let me in the door. But I hadn't really thought about, like, how do I actually form relationships with these people in a way that's going to allow me to work more closely with their teachers um, and, and want them to invite me back and work with more teachers. Yeah. Um, and so a unique situation, you know, it was this program had two different principles because it was housed. There's like a K-4 program at a K-6 uh, campus. And then there was the 5-8 part of it was at a middle school campus. 
So there was two different principals um, that I was working with and just being there and like being a dependable person that they could turn to when like things got at their craziest and most like chaotic. Um, it, it was so important um, to making this all come together and work. And I think it was Tyler that was talking about, you know, some of his tips for like forming those relationships. And he had this really funny story about taking a phone call from one of the principals. Yeah. Or, you know, something <laughs> like fishing. I can't remember what he's doing. But I was laughing when I was listening to that because, you know, there were times I was like at the dog park, you know, watching my dog run around and my phone would ring. And, you know, it was one of the principals, um, one, of, one of the assistant principals, you know, calling to ask me a question like, how do you, you know, in Google Classroom, how do you make a specific assignment for just three students? And I'm like there, I'm like, I hope you know I'm like doing this off of memory right now. Yeah. 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 Do this but like doing that for her, um, that like I think really helped that build that relationship is like I showed her like, hey, like if you need something, you know, call me. I will be there for you, the smallest thing. Um, and and that like it was it was it really kind of blew my mind. Like I didn't, I don't think I quite understood until I was in that situation, like how helpful that was. Um, and then how different, right? Because like every principal is so different in what they value and the things that, mm -hmm. the things that are important and what they prioritize. Because the other principal was like 4.30, no phone, like we're not having phone calls after 4.30. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the things he prioritized and what he valued was completely different than like, um, the way that you know than her vibe and so like just realizing that and then like spending the time and getting to know like what makes these people tick and like what are the things that i can do for these individual personalities that are going to help them um you know help them want me to succeed in this and like want me there working with their teachers um that i think that was huge um and something that i i really want to keep in mind and take back um, in this coming year, you know, if I'm going out to other schools, like how can I, it's not going to be a replication, but like, what are those things I can take with me? How can I be more proactive than I was in previous years about really reaching out to and forming those relationships with those um, principals? So that, I think that was a huge part. And maybe not something you think about when you're like a new coach. Um, I'm not sure that that's always top of mind, especially like if you're at a, at a school, if you're a tech coach for a specific school, um, then, you know, you kind of have that natural, um, those natural times you see those principles, right? Mm -hmm. You're passing by or you're in meetings, but like in my position, it's at the district level. So, I mean, unless you proactively set aside that time or reach out to people, you, you're not going to see them. Like you're not really in their eyeline. You're not really on their mind. You know, um, they, they have their day-to-day -day things that they're doing. Um, and so you really have to, I think, really think about creative ways that you can form those relationships. Yes, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> preacher of forming the relationship with admin. Okay, and Roxy, I'm gonna ask you about one more thing um, that I'm just curious if you feel like this contributed. You have a data studio where you are collecting kind of all of the work that teachers were doing in coaching cycles. So that could kind of be like shared and repurposed in some way across the district. Is it, Am I remembering that correctly? And if so, could you please <laughs> clarify and fill in the holes of what it is I'm trying to, to think about here? Yeah. <laughs> it was, although I would say I didn't, um, it's funny you mentioned that, I kind of forgot, I um, I didn't use that last year. That wasn't okay. something that I added to last year. In the previous year, when I had just started trying to do 
um, coaching cycles with teachers. Um, I, it was something that I had set up so that as we went through these coaching cycles, I would add it to that data studio. Um, once I watched a million videos and learned how to use data mm-hmm. studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the idea was that it would be this like collection of like lesson ideas or resources that then we could like sort by, you know, maybe grade level or by like challenge area. So if other teachers, you know, were also um, looking for ways to like have their students collaborate more, right? Like maybe you could filter it by like collaboration ideas. Um, so that that was the idea with that. Um, it's something I'd love to definitely get back to uh, next year. It, it didn't quite fit in with what was going on this year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think the potential for that is, is really awesome. And I don't even remember who I got someone on Twitter, I'm sure shared something similar they were doing. Um, and so that was why I think I had created that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't do everything, right? So like you have to divide and conquer, focus on the big rocks. Um, So I totally hear you on that. But um, anyway, I do think that could be something really cool, like a cool way for other coaches who like to your point, sometimes just like word of mouth and letting admin know what's going on. Like that could be a powerful resource if someone else Mm -hmm. is thinking about like how to help spread the word. Uh, Listeners, hang on uh, for just a few uh, seconds to one minute for us we're going to break for a quick break from our sponsors looking for a program that reaches all teachers and learning new tools to integrate in their lessons edu badges is the answer edu is an anytime anywhere badging program that is designed to take bite-sized tools for instruction and teach teachers how to use them edu has received the ISTE seal of alignment for educator standards and each badge in our expanding library is aligned to the ISTE standards and the SAMR model learn more about the program that teachers call addicting at forward-edge.net backslash edubadges. Instructional coaches support teachers, students, administrators, and really everyone in the district. In fact, research shows that instructional coaching is one of the most impactful forms of professional development that results in improved teacher instruction and student achievement. But who is supporting the coach? Forward Edge provides multiple year-long mentorship options recommended by the Google for Education Certified Coach Program to help you gain the valued support you need as an instructional coach. Visit forward-edge.net to start giving PD to the ultimate PD providers. Welcome back to the Restore Recharge podcast. I'm Justin Thomas. We have Dr. Katie Ritter and also Roxy Thompson joining us in here today for this episode. And Roxy, we were talking a little bit about how you are building that, uh, your kind of coaching team here. Um, but as someone that you are now building that coaching program from scratch and now you're having another coach coming in, what are you looking forward to taking into this upcoming school year? And what are some things that maybe you would ditch? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think, you know, we talked about the admin relationships, I definitely want to keep that front of mind, um, you know, moving into this next year. And I think, luckily, now I have at least those two principles um, Mm -hmm. that I already have this relationship with, right? So um, it's definitely a good place to start like, hey, you know, remember all that great work I did um, when you were managing the CLP? Um, You know, there's, you know, how can I help you out now? And with all the rest of your teachers um, that are teaching in the in the physical classroom. So definitely that. Um, one of the more interesting things that I think like has come out of this is um, the idea of like what virtual coaching can look like, um, you know, outside of the DLP, outside of like when it's forced on people during lockdowns and pandemic. 
Um, and something I've really gotten interested in and kind of been doing some research and looking around at is like, what are people doing and, you know, how are people using virtual coaching and what they've learned um, through COVID and how can we kind of add that to the toolbox um, and as an option now that we're back in classrooms. Um, and so um, I've started doing some just like signups, you know, where teachers can sign up for virtual coaching sessions. Um, and it's been really interesting just, um, well, first of all, that teachers are willing to sign up for a virtual coaching session now. I don't know that that would have ever happened before, yeah. you know, COVID and lockdown happened. I mean, they know how to share their screen, right? It's, mm -hmm. Which is like <laughs> half the battle um, when you're trying to do technology coaching. But, you know, when you're at a, when you're the tech coach at a district level in a large school district, you know, there's just no way that you can physically drive out and get to everyone. Right? Yeah. There's just no way. Um, and I think there's a lot of potential for, for saving some of that driving time when like the task makes sense, right? So if you're talking about like modeling something for a classroom or, you know, there, there's certain things when it makes more sense, you know, to be there in person um, helping that teacher. But I do think there are some times when it makes a lot of sense to just jump onto a Google Meet, you know, and, and walk through things like, oh, you want help creating a digital, you know, choice board for your students? Awesome. Like, let's pop into a collaborative document together and like, let's brainstorm. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, part of it too, I think is because like, I really enjoy it. Like, I know there's some people that were like, couldn't wait to get back to being in person and, you know, wanted to be in the office and having their like, office birthday parties and all those like drop by, you know, stop in and talk to people. But um, I don't know if it's because like I am a proud introvert, but I have found that like, I really enjoyed a lot of these things that came out of like the, the you know, being in this virtual space. Um, I think, and I think for some teachers, like it's a nice step in if you're a little bit nervous about mm -hmm. the idea of coaching. Um, not having someone in your physical classroom like it's kind of private no one even has to know you're talking to a coach right um you just pop on and you have to worry about if your classroom's looking clean or you know whatever um and i i think that can sometimes lower the anxiety for some people um is is having that virtual option so i'm really hoping to see like how that can help um me not just reach different people but I also think like maybe some people that otherwise wouldn't have wanted to meet in person, um, see if that maybe helps draw them in and shows them like, hey, like, you know, like I, I, I can be helpful if you just want to bounce some ideas off of me um, or if there's something you want me to show you. And then once they feel more comfortable, um, maybe that's a foot in the door, um, you know, into their classroom. I love it. So and I feel like know, be yeah. prepared to be penciled in for another episode next school year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> All about virtual yeah. coaching. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Now. <laughs> yeah. oh, is it on the horizon? Yeah. I know. I was looking at. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the FPTC lineup from, you know, the one that just happened. I'm like, oh, man, it looks like there are some good sessions on, um, like, you know, people talking about this. So maybe next year, because I'm hoping. To, to go to my first FETC con uh, conference. So we'll see. Yeah. But I'd love to hear what people are doing in that space. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like I'm going to stop myself now before we go down a rabbit hole and like <laughs> totally off topic on this a four one. hour podcast. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so unfortunately, loyal listeners, this last piece landed on me, and I'm not near as entertaining. <laughs> Justin's throwing his pencil down. Um, okay, so we end every episode with top three tips so roxy what are your i'll try to do justin justice here what are your top three tips for someone who is on their own coaching island trying to expand their program um so the first one i i am probably singing to the choir here but or preaching to the choir what do you do to a choir i don't know we do whatever Both, um, we do whatever you want here on this podcast choir. yeah <laughs> we make up a lot of our own um, sayings around here um uh your personal learning network network i cannot tell you like how important it was for every step of this process um from first integrating technology into my own classroom as a teacher to stepping out and becoming a coach to you know trying to expand this program like every step of the way um the reason i feel like i stuck with it and had ideas um to bring to my district was because of that personal learning network and, you know, I'm a huge Twitter fan, um, but I know that's not everyone's cup of tea and that's fine. Um, you know, whatever it is that you feel comfortable with, maybe it's, you know, just a group of teachers that you know personally that you meet at the coffee shop with in person, right? Um, but I just think that's such an important, um, I think it's so, so important for specifically ed tech coaches because oftentimes you are one of the only people um, at your school. And sometimes you just need someone to be like, you need to be like, am I crazy? Like, am I crazy for thinking this? And you need someone to go like, no, you're not crazy. <laughs> this is real. Like the things that you're seeing are real. The things that you want to do, like are valuable. Like your ideas are good, like stick with it. Um, so that would be number one. Um, number two is if at all, if you can find someone, uh, to champion or collaborate with, um, I think that's really important. And, you know, oftentimes as the ed tech coach, you're not the person that makes those decisions about what um, gets launched or what stays or, you know, what what things really get um, get the backing they need to, to, to have staying power. And so if you can get someone that has some sort of power, <laughs> um, if you can get them behind you, that is incredibly helpful. Like I had my boss who's the director um, and it wasn't so much that she like was gung-ho about coaching herself, but she really, really liked and believed in me and knew it was something that I was really passionate about. And so that was enough like to get her behind it. Um, so if you can get a champion or just look for people to collaborate with. And um, Katie, I know you wrote that like blog post recently. Um, I was thinking about that uh, when I was when I was thinking about these tips and um, that one about Ships Creek and this little yeah. lessons you can take. <laughs> one of them was, you know, about like thinking outside the box about people you can collaborate with. And I think that's such an amazing point. Um, the other day I had someone sign up for a coaching session. It was uh, like social workers. And originally they just want to know like, how do I organize my Google Drive, right? And then it turns this conversation about Google Classroom and how they have these classrooms and they have their own Google websites. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea our social workers were like doing all these things um, and using technology and all these like really interesting ways. And they wanted to make like, how-to videos for all the other social workers and um it really blew my mind and so i think you know never never count out like certain groups of people or certain departments because you think like 
like they're not going to be interested or that's not important to them. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of interesting ways that you can find people to collaborate with and like show how useful that this role can be. It's not just classroom teachers. I mean, those are obviously like, you know, the, the first people we think of, but this can really touch like every part of the organization. Yeah. Um, so like be open-minded um, about what that can look like. And then I think the final one is just like be brave um, and push yourself um, outside of your own comfort zone. Um, I think because first of all, it keeps you in a position where you can empathize with other teachers, um, right? So like try new things. And I don't just mean like in the education sphere, um, you know, out, things outside. Like I will give an example. Uh, I have my little Husky puppy that I got last summer and we did like a beginner training class with her. And <laughs> any of your listeners have ever had a Husky puppy, but oh my goodness, um, it's a lot. And so um, in this training class, it's basically every week of going and failing at things <laughs> in front of a group of other people. <laughs> and um, it's hard, right? It's hard to learn new things and it's hard to do that in front of other people. And it's hard to be vulnerable and to keep going at it. And I think if you do that as a coach in whatever area interests you, I think that really helps you remember when you're coaching people, like what that feels like. Um, and the be brave part is just like do things maybe that you normally wouldn't do. And that looks different for everyone. Um, for me, it's just like speaking up in meetings sometimes, like saying something, <laughs> um, because that always makes me a little bit nervous. It's not really, um, something that I naturally do, but the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. And I think, you know, you have ideas, right? Like if you're a tech coach, it, it obviously means you're passionate about education. It means you're passionate about helping people. And like, you have good ideas, like believe in your ideas, speak up when you have an opportunity to speak up um, and, you know, plant some seeds because you never know, you never know when it's gonna grow, right? So um, don't don't be scared of your own voice. Oh my um, gosh. I love literally everything you just said so much. That's amazing. Um, amazing advice. Um, I can also personally relate to the puppy story. <laughs> not have a husky, but my little Sasha, man, she's a doozy. Um, so I feel you on that. I love it, yeah. I'm gonna start like a podcast for like coaches and their dogs or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. Love it. Justin's bringing his cat, though. I'm bringing my cat. Yeah. yeah. My I don't know. Do we let him join? Cat. We'll leave it up. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll keep it open all sorts, all sorts of pets. Okay, good, good. Yeah. He yells um, at me all the time anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I do just want to like take a quick second because we haven't shared it on the podcast yet, but I believe the time this airs and goes live, we will be have already shared it or we'll be really close to sharing it so I'll keep it brief but to your first point about like finding your PLN um, we here at Forward Edge have uh, kind of crafted and designed a PLN specifically for instructional coaches so it's not just for tech coaches it's really kind of all encompassing coaches um, called the EDU Coach Collective so for the sake of I don't know if we will have officially announced this yet or not I won't go into more details <laughs> but um, at least for now follow us on social media um, and to kind of learn what that's going to look like it is we are at 
edu coach network um on all the things all the uh, things <laughs> twitter instagram facebook and the tiktok the tiktok uh-oh so, we're everywhere um and then you can can find the link to sign up for our newsletter too with um lots of great coaching resources that is going out every other week every other tuesday um so just a little plug for that i wanted to share that but um, I think that's all the questions that we have. Roxy, you have just dropped like so much amazing coaching knowledge that thank you so, mm-hmm. so, so much for coming on the podcast um, for your so first time. First time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's going to be more. You might become a regular occurrence here. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> or you everything. can just take my seat. Uh, well, no, we need you. You <laughs> yeah. did a fantastic job on the top three tips. So you probably did it better than, than me. Um, all right. So thank you. Thank you again, Roxy, for joining us uh, on the episode here today. And uh, as Katie mentioned, we will probably see you at a future podcast unless we scared you away here on <laughs> being on this one. I don't know. <laughs> not, at, not at all. Awesome. Well, thank you, Roxy. Uh, Remind you can tune in next time for another episode here on the Restart Recharge podcast. Also want to mention that uh, as this is airing, we have just a couple of days um, left to register for the virtual coaches camp. So if you are interested in in joining us virtually, make sure that you uh, register quick because that uh, registration deadline is fast approaching. There is still a little bit of time uh, coming up to register for Cincinnati. So um, if you are going to join us virtually, make sure you do that quickly. If you're planning on coming in and visiting us here in Cincinnati, you have a little bit more time, but we hope to see you at Evie Coach Camp. We do. So almost missed my cue. Uh, So be sure to subscribe to Restart Recharge wherever you listen to podcasts. uh, And follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok now Mm -hmm. at RRCoachCast. And of course, don't forget to follow our wonderful guest, Roxy. Uh, Roxy, you want to tell tell us one more time your handle for people to find you? Yeah. So I'm at Roxy, R-O-S-I underscore Thompson. Um, on both Twitter and uh, Instagram. And maybe TikTok, but you won't be posting because you can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, that's all right. But hey, you can also feel to reach out to us and let us know what topics you want us to discuss as well on all of those social media places. Yes. <laughs> so press the restart button. Recharge your coaching batteries and leave feeling equipped and inspired to coach fearlessly. With the Restart Recharge podcast. A Tech Coach Collective. But you do need to make a TikTok on that sometime. Yeah. Oh my God. I will I do this. That That's amazing. Yeah, I I started laughing today when I listened to the one that just came out because we recorded it so long ago oh, that yeah, I yeah. forgot we even like Talked said that it. we just made a TikTok, whatever. So... We do have it now. Do have it. I still don't know what <laughs> you're supposed you to do on the TikTok. So yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> no, my boss is so excited. Like, she was so proud. Like, Mama Bear proud when I told her I was going to like do this podcast. She's like, look at you. <laughs> um, <laughs>I feel like I have never done this before. (laughs) Because we haven't done it for like two months, it seems like. (laughs) Ah, Okay, here we go.